and I've been running, getting to the kick. Dog, you ain't a hundred, this a hundred. Let me demonstrate. If she ain't got brains, then I ain't trying to penetrate. And if you ain't a stand up need you, you could get your dinner ate. I ain't buying all that real shit. Dog, you benefit. Took her on a dinner date. Now we on the interstate. Might be a rookie in the game, but I've been a great. And we about autonomy, dog. We ain't trying to integrate. Man, we ain't tryna integrate Was broke back then, now the youngest seeing different kick We don't go off feelings, we just make sure that the bend is straight And if you ain't an intellect, then you can't get a penetrate Local Niji, now I'm getting love all in different states Got a Niji, if you ain't got scars, then you can't relate That was Integrate by Job ja Bricks Welcome to On The Wake Up Radio You are now tuned in to the Sovereign Creek Show We just don't discuss the problems we offer the solutions. I'm your host, Jay Ali Shiamaru. Shout out to our producer, Cindy Ashby, for making this possible. If you haven't done so already, make sure you go to sign up for www.otw2.com so you can join our community of melanated Aboriginal content creators where your, your voice can be heard and you never have to worry about censorship. For today's episode of the Sovereign Creed Show, we put on our prepper because winter is coming. Are you prepared? Last week I was uh, walking down the aisle at Walmart and on the PA they made an announcement that said, attention all shoppers. If you live in an area that's been heavily affected by COVID-19, we ask that you please wear a mask. We would also like to encourage you to visit our pharmacy and schedule your free vaccine appointment. Hmm. If you live in an area that's been heavily affected by the vaccine, who do you think they're referring to? You. All my melanated aborigines in here. I recently saw a study that said black people ages 18 to 49 make up the least vaccinated group in the U.S. Check this out. Well, remember that black Americans, only about one out of four have agreed to take uh, even a single vaccine shot at this point. Three out of four black Americans, and that's more than any other ethnic group in the country, are rejecting the vaccine. Why is that? And I think the answer is because black Americans are wise to what's going on. I was about to say, that tells me black people uh, aren't as dumb as the globals think they are because they've got a history of being injected with crap with an experimental shot, absolutely. So it looks like they're not listening to Run DMC, which which you wrote an article about at National News. This is real racism than to say, if you you can't fly, you can't live, you can't go anywhere, and the majority of it is black people. Well, yeah, the CDC is trying to pay off black influencers like uh, Hank Aaron, the baseball legend, and uh, they're killing them. You know, I believe Hank Aaron died from the vaccine. DMX, the rapper, died from the vaccine, I believe. It's very clear, a heart attack induced by the vaccine. And and frankly, black Americans, I believe, have a lot of street smarts, a lot of wisdom that is multi-generational wisdom about how they've been hunted down and exterminated through the abortion industry and the cancer industry. Now, the vaccine industry, and think about it, Alex, the vaccine passports. What are that? What, what is that? That's the reintroduction of segregation where you're not allowed to ride the bus. You're not allowed to eat at the cafe because of who you are. It's like they're putting a sign in the window and saying, your people are not welcomed here. And you ask, what do you mean, you people? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's the unvaccinated, which is, and and black Americans are the largest unvaccinated group. This is blatant racism, segregation, 
and race-based extermination attempts in the United States. If anybody should be angry about this, it should be black Americans, and I know many of them are. But why are these white liberals just raising their hand and say, inject me, inject me, inject me. I love authority. I love vaccine suicide. That's that's who's signing up and, and saying. Hmm. So let me get this straight. As, as long as we don't watch the news or go to church, we're not taking the jab right. See, I wish it were that simple. You see, now there's this ideology out there that says if you don't take the jab, that you're going to they're going to make your life a living hell. Quick question. When was your life not a living hell? And so they say they threaten your livelihood, okay? Is your life over? Did you die? News flash. We all leave this realm, when we all leave this realm of blood sucking devils, you know. Our time is coming to come to The question is, how are you going to go? With your pants up or down? Are you going to fight or bend over so you can get the ultimate jab? Who is the most disenfranchised group in the United States corporation? That's rhetorical, isn't it? Be honest if you believe that all of this is a coincidence. Don't take my word for it. Just go look it up yourself. I prefer that you do. Go ahead and, and look up silent weapons for quiet war. Go research how modern social engineering has been in place since 1954 when they had the first Bilderberg group meeting. What else happened that year? How about Brown versus the Board of Education? You know, integration, the end of group economics in the black community. The first color TV was sold to the public. Tell lies. The BBC had its first news bulletin, universal mind control. Rock Around the Clock became the first rock and roll song that reached number one on the Billboard show. Popular culture. The first issue of Sports Illustrated was published. The Tonight Show debuted on NBC. Idol worship. Oh, when the first Burger King opened and introduced their instant world. Don't you just love Whoppers? This is all a fix, people. Check this out. When I hear the news talking about COVID vaccinations, lockdowns, masks, social distancing, second and third waves, new strains and spikes in deaths and in cases. All I hear is. And now in a desperate attempt to fill 24 hours of programming, here's some bullshit that happened somewhere today. We've got some footage here of the bullshit, which began just after three o'clock this afternoon when residents in this neighborhood were shocked to see this fairly common thing happening. An attractive witness described the event in breathless terms. I went to my window and I was like, whoa, there's some bullshit happening. That happened right over there. I'm an older man, so you can trust what I say. Authorities in special uniforms rushed to the scene to stand around while our cameras filmed them. Our reporter Keith Collins joins us now live from the scene of the bullshit through the use of expensive technology. Good to be with you again, Keith. We have a, a colorful graphic here that shows instances of bullshit like this are on the rise. Is that right? Yes, although why is unclear. Some say it's because of one fucking reason. Others say it's because of some other fucking reason. I talked to this random expert on the subject who told me this thing you're about to hear him say right after he points at a piece of paper. I spent my entire life attending the nation's most prestigious schools to talk about bullshit like this. A lot of opinions there to make this story seem somewhat meaningful. Oh, absolutely, Glenn. This bullshit has some broader implications. Here's a list of tips on how to avoid bullshit happening to you. 
COVID, gangbusters with Raven, Raiders. Gangbusters with Raven, Raiders, right? Which is why we constantly have a death toll on the side. Let's make it higher. Like, why isn't it high enough, you know, today? Like, it would make our point better if it was higher. It's fear. Like, fear really drives numbers. Fear is the thing that keeps you tuned in. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads? Yeah. No, no one ever says it, those things out loud, but it's obvious. Almost 15 million Americans. That's how many have missed their second vaccine dose. That's according to a warning from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. A key and often cited reason, it's rather disturbing, is that many people believe one dose is enough for protection. Now, the time frame for that second dose changes and differs according to the jab. It's three weeks for Pfizer, BioNTech and four weeks for Moderna. Regardless, those numbers are alarmingly high. It was just 8% missing their second shot earlier in the year. Top officials warn that's simply not enough. When you look at the level of protection after one dose, you can say it's 80%, but it is somewhat of a tenuous 80%. And that comes as the far more deadly Delta variant spreads, something that Dr. Fauci has already called the greatest threat to U.S. attempts to eliminate COVID-19. Now we've got new studies showing that vaccines are less effective against that strain. This leaves many holding their breath, wondering if the expectation that vaccines would solve this crisis was a bit premature. As the COVID vaccination drive picks up pace, Fighting off the disease with a pill could be next. They're focusing mainly on people they think are at higher risk of getting sick. And they're seeing whether it has an impact on how sick people get. It's had some really promising results to date. Molnupiravir, developed by MSD, has a billion-dollar government offer in the U.S. if approved. Pfizer's twice-daily COVID tablet is in late-stage testing, and Roche has an antibody cocktail seeking clearance. Pfizer so confident it's already started a production line. We are going full speed with all trials in parallel for this antiviral, and we are manufacturing. The federal government said to be close to a deal with at least one supplier. We'll continue to work with uh, researchers and manufacturers of other uh, new treatments and uh, review those uh, as they come along. Other treatments, hydroxychloroquine, touted by Donald Trump but widely rejected. Antiviral drug remdesivir improved mortality rates for patients on oxygen and dexamethasone able to prevent the COVID immune system storm. Not just pills, but powders, inhalers, patches, nasal sprays, even nanoparticle technology, all being researched and trialled to keep COVID patients out of hospital or treat them when they're there. Pfizer's COVID tablet could be available by the end of the year. Uh, I, I saw something, a, a really great quote. This is talking about how the vaccines are failing and now they're rolling out a third booster shot. And a quote on Twitter, somebody said, I can't wait for the triple vaxxers to condemn the double vaxxers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what's coming. And of course, there's going to be a new variant every five months. Right. Right, exactly. It's the perfect business model for big pharma. And, you know, I guess we just have to wait for people who are on that side to start waking up and saying, wait a minute, something, you know, they keep changing the goalposts. And at what point do you just say, this isn't even football anymore? This is something else. So me and my coworker got talking today and something came up that I didn't really think about when my dad mentioned it to me. He's worked in the agriculture industry for over 40 years. 
This year, farmers are being offered 1.5 times the value of their crops to destroy them. They're also being told by the federal government they will not receive subsidies for farming if they refuse to destroy their crops. What does that mean? That means that the farmer cannot afford to provide you with food based upon the taxes the government is levying on him if the government doesn't in turn give him back his tax money to provide you with food. Kind of a fucked up system, but that's how it works. And, well, they're not going to subsidize them if they don't destroy the crops. They'll pay them more than what it's worth, and they want them to destroy it, and they'll still get their subsidies. They're trying to create a food shortage. We've got eight months to get our own food supply. We're, we're probably going to be facing mass starvation. But we're getting reports that incinerators are going to be included in these death camps. We've seen the FEMA coffins. We've seen the mobile incinerators. They've been planning this for years. Something big is coming. And this is going to be another dark winter brought to you by the New World Order. Crazy, uh, crazy part about all this is there's a large contingent of people who've been preparing for this for years. While many of us have been moving into condensed, overpopulated cities so we can party and bullshit, they've been doing the opposite. You see, they've been living off the grid in cabins, building bunkers filled with food, water, guns, and ammo. They're depicting on popular TV shows like Duck Dynasty. We've been programmed to identify these people as right-wing conspiracy theorists, rednecks, and hillbillies. Shit, we can call them whatever they want. But what you can't call them is unprepared. While you're scrolling down your timelines, clicking the remote controls, playing video games, these, these people are collecting full arsenals of weapons and ammo that they know how to use. They shoot them daily. They hunt daily. They fish daily. They grow their own produce. They have a self-sustaining water supply. They know how to survive in the wild. They are ready for revolution. Are you? With that question, I want to bring us into our first guest, uh, Mr. Ralph Muhammad. Uh, Ralph is a the owner of Power X Generators. It's a melanated-owned company specializing in providing clean, affordable, and fuel-free energy to individuals, families, and communities. Power X. And without further ado, please give a warm welcome to Mr. Ralph Muhammad. Peace, my brother. Yes, sir. Peace and blessings. The, uh, the way the solar generator works, actually, uh, it actually captures energy from the sun. And it's the ones that I make that uh, it captures the energy. And then I use a uh, lithium cell to actually store that energy. And then I convert that energy from regular DC voltage to AC voltage, which mainly that's what a lot of your home appliances run on. Uh, just, you know, making it just a real short synopsis. And basically, we're just creating energy electrical energy uh, from the sun rays. Awesome. Thank you for that. Now, next question. Uh, you have a diverse uh, product offering. Uh, could you please explain the difference between a, a lithium solar generator as opposed to your AGM solar generator? All right. The, the AGM 
solar generator. The AGM, those three letters stands for, which is a glass matted uh, type of uh, lead acid cell. And it's better than the regular batter because these absorbent glass mats, they actually are more condensed. So they're going to give you anywhere from three to 500 cycles. All right. Three to 500 cycles. That's a complete charge up, back and back up again. And 800 cycles is roughly about three to five years before you'll start to see a degeneration in the generator as far as how long it's been running. However, the lithium, which um, I've been working on for quite some time, I've got a superior lithium cell that actually has 25 to 30,000 cycles. And that's the equivalent to about 25 to 30 years before you'll start to see any type of uh, degeneration in that particular live cell. And so those are the ones that uh, are the most effective. Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, next question is, um, how long do your generators take to charge? <clears throat> well, the lithium generators, if they were, let's say they were completely empty. Uh, the smaller generators, which I have a 400 up to a 1000 watt, those generators usually charge uh, roughly in about, I'd say about 45 minutes. The larger units, which are anywhere from 2000 watts, all the way up to 30,000 watts, even though we you know, we can build something even larger than 30,000. But the 30,000 watts, let's just say if it was completely empty, it would take probably about, about two hours. However, the way these units are made, um, the larger units, a lot of, I have a lot of off-grid customers, and that's basically the power that they use 24 hours a day. So with the proper math on it, um, it should never uh, really cut off at all. Okay, um, so that, that segues into our next question. Like in terms of months, how long will your generators last before they need to be recharged? Well, if you were storing it and you weren't using it, um, a couple of my generators, what I what I usually suggest, um, they also have an onboard charger that you can just plug into the wall. And what will happen is that unit will come up, and then after it's full, it'll just go to sleep. And it'll stay asleep, you know, until it sees a, 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 a drop in voltage, which is roughly about, I don't know, about, about six or seven months if you haven't been using it, as long as it's plugged in. And it'll come back on, which you'll never know when it comes on, completely silent. And it'll charge itself back up, um, which will probably take about five to ten minutes, um, that being the case. The larger units, um, if you connect them to the solar panel and just leave them, they'll, they'll stay charged indefinitely. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so, um, let's say in uh, how large of how large of a unit will your generators light up? When you say how large of a unit, you mean like yes, a home? I'm saying like maybe like a, like a, from a studio apartment to maybe a three bedroom home to maybe like a you know like um shipping container just it's like type right. a cabin you know just different types mm-hmm. of uh buildings that we would see and maybe a more of an off-grid or even someone that's just maybe even living in a an apartment complex or a condominium mm-hmm. just because everyone in this room lives in different situations 
We all would love to be off the grid. Unfortunately, that's a process. But as you just walk people through, like based on where they're at in their current situation, how uh, these generators would benefit them in case the grid were to go out. Well, basically, um, as far as the apartment or condo living, I would suggest anywhere from the 1,000 watt up to the 3,000 watt because it is definitely portable and very easy to transport. Um, you can actually put those on a car <clears throat> and move them around. Which, you know, on the other, the 3,000, you can actually put it in the trunk of the car. You can manage that. It'll take two people. And what will happen is that particular unit, they're small. They don't make any noise. There's no EMFs or anything that's uh, discharged from this particular unit. And these units, um, they're very, very compact. And you can take two. It comes with the solar panels. And these panels are small enough to where you can, like, if you have, a, like, a patio, you can set them out. As long as they can get some sunlight or if you've got a big, large window. Like I said, because apartment living is different from when you have a home. You can take things out in the yard and then set the larger panels out. So therefore, the 1,000 will basically run all of your electronics, whatever you have that's, say, electronic, that's 1,000 watts or less. And uh, as far as your cell phones, computers, laptops, things of that nature, lamps, fans. Uh, so the 1,000 will do that. Then the 3,000, which will do basically anything that you have in your home that you can plug in the wall, that particular unit will run that. And that's basically anything you can plug in the wall. The 3,000 will run that. And it's a uh, small enough to where people won't even realize you can have, have it in, in your home. Then if you have a larger home, um, you can uh, run what I call anywhere from the 5,000 watt up to 30,000. Uh, I have a lot of um, off-grid I said customers who have container homes, tiny homes, regular homes. And we size it accordingly because the main thing is doing a power outage. You want to try to run the essentials that you mainly need. Like if you've got gas on your home, you've got a gas furnace, the 3,000 or the 5,000, you can simply uh, wire that or plug that in and it'll run your gas heat. However, as far as air conditioning, if you insist on air conditioning, it would take one of the larger, the 10,000, 15,000, 30,000 wide unit to uh, do that if you have central air and uh, I have some you know, larger homes that they just that's just what they want to do and run the and run all of that but the main thing that I would always suggest is the essential things doing a power outage or if you're in a, or if you're in an off-grid then there's different appliances you can buy for off-grid that use a lot less energy than the traditional appliances that a lot of people have in their homes Wow, that was, that was a great answer. I really appreciate that. You actually also answered my next question. So we will move on. Um, I see that you also offer lithium batteries. So how do they work uh, in comparison to like other traditional batteries? Okay. The lithium batteries that uh, that I've developed, they actually have a, a 10C rating. And what that stands for, charge rating. The average say battery, which is an AGM or lead acid, and or lithium, just a normal lithium. I use a different combination of lithium. The, the average lithium out there is what they call a LIPO, L-I-P-O, then the number four, and which stands for lithium ion phosphate <clears throat> on the uh, periodic table. And so those have basically a one or two C rating. Now, the lithium that I use is a lithium titanate. 
that is actually a more stable combination. And it actually has a 10C charge rating. So basically, it'll charge 10 times faster than the average uh, lithium or AGM. So if it takes you an hour, say, to charge a 100 amp hour lithium, my battery can actually charge it up <clears throat> in 10 minutes. Uh, wow. Literally, that, that fast. It actually soaks in everything you can dump to it. And the discharge rating is, is basically 10 times. That is actually really incredible. And this particular lithium, it is completely safe. Um, you don't have to worry about the uh, what we call thermal runaway. A lot of people used to talk about when, I think it was, I forgot, the particular phones that came out and the lithium batteries were exploding and the people's pocket in their cars and, you know, it's a real dramatic. This particular lithium combination or formula, I can actually take one of my cells and I can put it on a chop saw. You know, and I can just literally cut it in half and nothing will happen. You take a drill and drill completely through it. Nothing will happen. There's no volatile uh, side effects of that. And again, it has 30,000 cycles, and which converts to about 25 to 30 years. Not saying that after 25 to 30 years it'll quit, you will start to see a little degradation. In other words, if you were running without charging for seven days, before you actually uh, would have it, then basically you would start to see instead of seven days of runtime before you charge it, you may be getting maybe six days or five days. So therefore, that's you know after that particular cycle. And the thing about the lithium versus say a regular battery, if you notice a regular battery, as you start to use it, say you think you had lights on, you'll notice it'll just start to dim and dim until it goes out. Well. The lithium matter that I use, whatever you connect to it, it's going to keep it running until it basically to empty and then it just falls and it just drops right off. Meaning this, um, <clears throat> to make a real clear understanding, if you know you, you, you have your cell phone, right? So your cell phone, basically, I know you probably had it and you're down to like 5% or even 2%. Phone's still working. If that would have been any other than a lithium battery, it, your phone would have been dead a long time ago. A regular lead-acid battery, technically you're only supposed to use it to basically 50%. Then, you know, you have to hurry up and charge it back. If not, um, it'll sulfate. Basically, I mean, it'll turn into a brick, and it won't really start to check charges as it should. That's the reason why if you notice, uh, say your car battery, if you let it go dead too many times, you try to charge it. Uh, it's, it's already, you know, starting a lot of damage. Well, the lithium doesn't have that characteristic. Uh, the ones that I use, they will take a robust charge, and you can actually pump six, seven, eight hundred amps into it, and the battery will take it fine and won't even get hot. And when it comes to temperature, uh, it has a wide range of temperature that it'll run in, as far as minus thirty degrees. Uh, Fahrenheit and also way above 178 to 180 degrees as far as Fahrenheit, which 180 degrees is basically not going to make it. Thank you for that. Uh, so I have um, another question. Um, now, this one doesn't necessarily regard to exactly your company, but I've done research on solar mm -hmm. powered telecommunications. Is that mm -hmm. something that your organization uh, is looking to uh, get involved in in the future? Or if, if not, do you have like strategic partners that you will work with that uh, 
for some of our, our people in here that are looking to, you know, move away from the city and kind of get off the grid per se, but they don't want to be tied to the traditional cell phone towers and maybe they want to, you know, get some, some off the grid telecommunications like people do in like some of these islands and desert countries. Is that something that you have expertise in or have interest in uh, expanding to? Well, absolutely. Um, I have a lot of uh, so-called like ham radio operators that use a lot of my batteries in that setup. And uh, depending on the repeaters, which basically they're, they're, they're also some of my power, some are not. And they talk that way. And then um, I've uh, been interested. I had another company that called me and I've been making small battery packs for the uh, radios that they have for extended uh, periods of time. And it works on uh, not quite a microwave. I'm just getting to the technology of this particular company and they just need, you know, an, an off-grid or independent or self-sufficient uh, means of power. And so they've been using like my smaller generators to uh, keep their radios going and things of that nature. But you definitely have to do that. Self-sufficiency is what, you know, a lot of people need to really get into that because of the times of what's about to happen and what can and is going to happen. Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to speak on something real quickly. Um, my units, they are not grid-tied, which means that they are not controlled by the quote-unquote so-called grid. Um, people are going to use that kind of loosely. Um, they don't really know what a grid really, you know, really is. But if you have solar panels on your home, the, the traditional way, um, what I tell a lot of people is, regardless of whoever you have come out to do that, if you ask this one particular question, this is the, the really no-brainer. You ask them, say, well, if I get all of this, you know, put on my home, if there's a power outage, will I still have power? And they're going to tell you, no, you're not going to have power, even though you have, you know, $35,000, dollars on there, unless you buy some type of battery backup, which then that's even more of a cost. All right? Now, the difference is my unit, it doesn't rely on the grid. It's not tied to the grid. It is completely self-sufficient. As long as there's sun and or wind, because you can also add wind turbines to my unit, as well as hydro. So it has multiple different ranges that uh, it uses as far as creating energy and power. The next thing I wanted to talk about real quickly is that um, if you notice a lot of these, these power companies are going to what we call a smart meter. And it's exactly what it is. Because if you notice on some of your bills, they give you a breakdown of basically how much energy you're using per device. If you look at your little break it down, it'll say entertainment, you know, 5%. Uh, HVAC, your heating and cooling, 65%. Hot water heating, if it's all electric, 15%. And it, you know, tells. Also, what that meter does is that it actually, I can tell when you come home by monitoring because the load will come up. And that's another thing. That's They use it for many different things, for advertising. But one of the key things that they can do now that they couldn't do years ago was being able to actually cut you off remotely without someone having to come out and physically do it. And um, that's one of the advantages that uh, they have. Now, knowing that, you know, they also know the demographics of an area, they can literally 
diced it up. In other words, say you've got five homes on the same street. They can leave house one on, cut house two and three off, leave four on, so forth and so on. With the smart meter, because basically it's just an electronic cash register. is basically what it is. Versus when they were doing the rolling blackouts, you know, they're just dropping whole circuits out. But if they wanted to fine tune it, they can with that smart meter and just send a signal um, to that particular um, IP address for that meter and just shut it off, even though your neighbor can be on, even though you all are on the same particular uh, overhead line or underground, you know, even come up the same transformer. So that's another thing um, that we have to, you know, understand. And that was another reason why I uh, started doing solar generators because you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to hunt your fuel down. You don't have to go and get diesel or gas and things like that. And then, even if you do have it, you have to store, you know, fossil fuel a certain way. You know, gas, if you don't put a stabilizer in it, after six or seven months, um, that gas is really not any good. Diesel definitely will last a lot longer. However, once you run out of diesel, that's it. You know, you have to go and get some versus solar. As long as the sun's out or you've got some type of daylight, that unit will produce energy. I'm glad you said uh, so. Uh before we move along into the Q&A, you said something that really uh, caught my attention. So many of us in this room, as I'm looking, uh, live in the state of Texas or surrounding states within the state of Texas. And, you know, we experienced the, uh, the record winter storm that took place here early in the year. And, you know, the propaganda, you know, that Texas is on its own uh, grid independent of the rest of the United States. And, you know, uh, they, they aren't they don't have the infrastructure and prepared for weren't prepared for that type of storm. I know I was in Atlanta uh, back in 2014 when we had a similar situation. So uh, there's a lot of propaganda where they were saying that because Texas has a lot of homes that are uh, solar power generated, they were saying that, you know, that was part of the issue. So you, you mentioned wind turbines. So are your devices, let me rephrase the question. In case we see a similar storm that's manufactured, if you will, like we see with this hurricane, if we have a winter storm that's manufactured, will your generators be able to keep the lights on even if we see some, some record-breaking snow? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the thing about solar, and, I, and sometimes people have a misconception, it's solar you know, or in, you know, people call them solar panels or the technical word is photovoltaic, uh, photo, which means light and then voltaic, which is your voltage. That's all it needs is light. It has nothing to do with temperature or heat or warmth. My generators also, you can connect wind turbines. And so if you live in an area that's close to the sea or an area that's really windy quite a bit, those wind turbines will turn and also create energy, you know, as long as they're turning. Then if you live near a stream where you have running water, you put a hydrometer in, in there connected to the unit as well. As long as you've got running water, it runs basically, it's just like a, a turbine, just a liquid turbine versus a wind turbine. It'll uh, produce energy uh, as well. And the thing um, about um, what I was looking at as far as Texas, you know, like I said, again, unless they have the battery backup system on top of the solar the minute the power goes off, those solar panels shut down. Two reasons. It's actually a safety 
uh, factor as well because they don't want that energy to feed back out on the lines um, when they're trying to uh, get them um, put back up. But at the same time, a lot of people have grid ties, so therefore it's really just producing energy to push back out that they're reselling uh, to you. Actually, nine times out of ten, the energy that you produce during the day, they're selling it back to you at night because you, you're buying some of it. And uh, different uh, states and electrical companies, they have a different ratio as far as how much they actually buy back that you produce. Some states even have, if you, in other words, let's say they say the cap is we're going to um, only buy 10KW. Let me just throw a figure out there. 10KW. But your system is pushing out 15KW, where you basically gave 5KW of it away. You know, so that's another um issue too. Basically, when you go self-sufficient, you get it all. Everything you produce, you can use. It's yours. No cost. Well, I can assure you that the majority of this pe the people in this room are about autonomy, and uh, that's what, exactly what we're looking for. So I really appreciate you taking the time to answer that question. Uh, last question before we get to the Q&A. How long uh, have you been in operation with Power Extended? Well, as far as the Actually, the product is Power X generators, and uh, I've been in the electrical field for over 34, almost 35 years now. And the product Power X um, generators has actually been um, established in 2010, and um, we've been growing ever since and making uh, these solar generators even better. Um, we had a project that we were doing overseas on a particular island um, out in the Atlantic and basically trying to make that island back self-sufficient. Um, the whole entire island runs on a diesel generator. And the people that live on the island, you know, per capita, their income really can't afford, you know, the actual consumption of diesel to create the power that is needed to run that island. So the neighboring island kind of chip in to pay the cost even though they have their own diesel refineries and things, but, you know, because of different governments and things are basically starving them out or basically almost making it like a floating plantation. So they go back to the solar part, then all of the money that they were spending on diesel, they can put that somewhere else, you know, uh, wherever they need it in their particular budget. Awesome. Thank you for that. I know I'm sure there are, there are members of the audience who cannot wait to uh, ask you some questions. Unfortunately, due to time constraints, I only have time for three questions today. Sometimes I go over there with my producer uh, gave me the <laughs> the time check. So I got room for three questions. So if you want to raise your hand now, I will recognize you and bring you up uh, to uh, ask your question. Any questions for, um, for Mr. Muhammad? Any questions? No questions? Okay. Going once, going twice, three times. Okay. Uh, Ralph, for uh, someone who would be interested in, uh, in purchasing your uh, generators or contact you with more questions, how could they, uh, how could they get in contact with you, sir? Um, they can simply um, go online to powerxgenerators.com. That's power, P-O-W-E-R-X. Generators, G E N E R A T O R S dot com, or they can simply 
call at 980-277-1495. Awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedules. I know when we talked earlier, you were definitely in the process of shifting some generators out. And I really, really appreciate you uh, blessing our room with this information. And uh, we'll make sure that uh, we get this info out to everyone. Because I have a question right before I was getting ready to go. Come on, Ingrid. Ask your question, sweetheart. Uh, well, actually, I just wanted him to repeat the phone number. I was trying to write it down, and I wasn't writing fast enough. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That number is 980-277-1495. Thank you. Yes, Person, uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Ralph. Um, uh, if you want to stick around and uh, hear what our, our brother Brian is going to be presenting while you, you're working on the background, you're more than welcome. But otherwise, I, I appreciate you. You and I will definitely be in uh, further contact. I have some people in this room that I converse with on a day-to-day basis regarding these types of situations. My wife is here in, in, in the room as well, so we would definitely be. Uh, talking more in depth about the things that you just said. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. All right. That was some great stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Um, This is uh, what we're doing today with the Winter is Coming. Are you prepared episode? Uh, Our next, uh, sometimes we we have, you know, segments and uh, intermissions and transitions with music, but due to time constraints, we're getting straight to the nitty-gritty today. Our next guest on the Sovereign Creek Show is going to be uh, Brian Henderson. Brian has effectively built his own homemade water filtration system and he's going to show you how to create your own. Without further ado, please give a warm welcome to Brian Henderson. Peace, family. How you, how you doing, brother? Oh, my how pleasure. You how are you doing? Oh, absolutely. I'm doing wonderful. I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule as well to speak with us oh no problem i'm always i always got time for the people especially my people so absolutely so well can you can you uh walk us through the process of how you built your water filtration system okay so i think during the texas winter storm it was a guy on my facebook feed who was going through, who was showing things to build and how to like stay warm and this and that. So this is how I got to like the seed planted for me to build my own water filtration system was back when the winter storm hit Texas. So first you'll need to get you two two five gallon plastic buckets. I got mine from Home Depot. I think they like three dollars a bucket four dollars a bucket but this but the the crazy thing they do they sell the lids separate so that sucks but you got to get you some lids too so you get two buckets and you get i sent them i sent you a message with the links for the um for the water filter uh the two water filter system thingies and i sent you the um link for the the water spigots of amazon so, awesome! Thank you, you for that. No problem. So you get two. So you get a water filter, and 
I did two in my bucket because I was um, doing because it was my first time building one. But to come to find out that one filter and two filters is really not a difference in the the water cleanliness. It's just that you'll use two filters to make the water filter fat to make the water filter faster. So if you feel like you'll probably need the water to come out faster, you'll probably want to put more than one filter in there. But if you're not, um, you know, worried about the time, you can just put one. So you get those two water. So you get those two water filter systems. And you drill a one fourth inch hole in the bottom of the top bucket through the lid. So let's say you get a top bucket. So let's say you get a bucket, and let's pretend that you put the lid at the bottom of the bucket by itself. So you'll drill two holes through that, and then you'll screw the filters on, and then you know you'll put the bucket back on top, and then if you feel like you want to drink from the water filtration system, you can drill your own spigot. And I think it's like a three eight inch hole that you'll drill through the bottom bucket for your spigot. And that's basically how you, that's basically how you'll do your $80. I spent $80 all together because I had my own drill and I spent the money on the spade the drill bit spade, the buckets, the system, and the spigot. And that all came out to like a little over $80. Because if you was looking for a high-end one, like the ones they say a Berkey, they call it a Berkey system, those cost like $500. And they basically, in the filters I'm using, are basically the same filters they got in the Berkey system. But the Berkey system just looked nicer, you know what I'm saying? It just looked better for your kitchen if you wanted one. But that's how I built it. And it took me literally like 15 minutes because I had all the supplies. And you can build as many as you want. And you can just, you know, get you, and like you can just get you another bucket of water, whatever you might need, and just pour it on, pour it through the top. Like right now, you got Louisiana with people who don't have no water, no electricity. But I mean, let's say you had somebody who had what, like what I just said I built. You can just really just, you know, run your like get your put your bucket in the water and the water will filter itself for you. So, I just learned that water can save lives. It's the most it's the most important thing. Can't do nothing without water. Three days without water, you'll die. And you only need a half a gallon of water a day to survive. That's with brushing your teeth, a shower, and drinking. So. I just wow. feel like water is the most important thing you need in a time like this. Absolutely. Um, I know you, I heard buckets, I heard spigots, um, I heard some other things. What specific tools to assemble this filtration system will we need? Are we talking like a drill, a hammer, a wrench, or like what, what type oh, of actual tool? Dr- yes, yes, a drill. Okay. Awesome. And how long, uh, did it take to you finish how long did it take you to finish this project it took me literally like 10 15 minutes 10 to 15 minutes that's it <laughs> you drill three would you, you drill two you to three holes to, well would you consider this to be a, like a two-man job or could a novice build this alone i know i mean, obviously you did it in 15 minutes but for someone who's unfamiliar 
who's never, you know, done something like this, and maybe doesn't have that handyman type of uh, background like on the average person, average novice, how long, like, how many people would be present? How long do you think it would take them? Well, last year was my, last year was the, when this pandemic hit, that's when I like got my wake up call to like figure out what's going on in the world. And before then, I really never built nothing. Like I'm not what you consider a handyman. Like I'm really right now just trying to be self-taught off video. So I say that to say that if I can do it, your 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 child can do it. It's just that simple. <laughs> oh, I appreciate your modesty, my brother. Um, what types of water sources uh, can you filter out with this system? Are we talking everything from like rainwater, creek water, a faucet? Like, what are the different types of? Yes, water? sir. Yeah. Rainwater. I did rainwater. You can do rainwater. I haven't did creek water yet because I, even though I got one less like a hundred yards away, I haven't tried that one out yet. But right now, I'm just basically just collecting my own rainwater. And you know, that's how I'm like trying it out. I'm just right now I'm saving all like when I buy gallons, jugs, I I I save my jugs. I, I save them. And I put them up because, you know, th- those will come in handy, too. And I, then when it rains, me and my wife just collect rainwater and stuff like that and, I, you know, store it. And, you know, recently I bought a, you know, my neighbor gave me a water tote. He didn't know how valuable it was, but he gave me one of those water totes, like the ones that hold, like, 275 gallons. So, like, we put water in that. And I'm assuming... And I'm assumed by a water tarp. I mean, not a water tarp, but I'm a, my next person is going to be a tarp because I heard that's the best way to collect rainwater also is with a tarp because you don't want to do it off your roof or with your gutters and stuff because you don't know how dirty, you know, the gutters and stuff is. So, like, I'm, like, right, I'm, my specialty right now is I'm specializing in, like, having water and teaching people how to have clean water. Awesome. And just out of curiosity, um, now I've heard the term reverse osmosis. Is, how does that differ or how is that similar to this simple uh, water filtration? I'm not well educated on the uh, reverse osmosis, but I just know the water filter system, like the water filter I got, they say they it says it get 99.9 microbacteria out of them, and I also, and I also send you a link to the. It's a, it's these water drops that's called aqua drops, and you can drop like little like little like little drops in your water to clean it, also to sanitize. Awesome, man, you're awesome. I, I really appreciate, Brian. I, I got like like I said, you know, we're about. We're about solutions on this show. It's not just about right. stating problems. Um, so uh, with that said, do I have anybody in the audience who'd like to ask Brian a question? Uh, I know Kai, come on up. I know you, uh, Kai, had a question, so I'm going to go ahead and bring Kai up. Kai, for those people who don't know, Kai, Kai is an, is an architect, and he deals with uh, 
infrastructure and planning, and he and I converse on a regular basis. So, Kai, go ahead and ask your question, guy. Okay, awesome. Yeah, peace to you, uh, good brother. Thank you for coming on. Uh, quick question. Maybe this is a twofold question. Uh, one has to do with materiality. So I, I'm just wondering, I, I heard the buckets, I heard the, the line, the tools, et cetera. But what are you using for the actual filtration process in terms of material? You know, I know some filters are sand or charcoal or uh, if you can speak to that a, a bit. And then can you talk a little bit about perhaps the difference between filtered water and clean water? Does filtering water mean that means that it's automatically clean to drink or are you filtering out uh, specific materials and it still needs cleaning? I'll take my question off. Thank you. Uh, yes, sir. So just to be on the safe side, oh, the materials I use, it just I just use the buckets with the filters with the filters in them and the filters. Um. They are charcoal based. Um, they are a charcoal based filter, and to me personally, I would recommend. You know, it depends on how you get in the water. If you like, I wouldn't be too worried about cleaning the water if I was getting the water out of my tap, or if I was getting yeah, if I was getting out of my tap. That'd be like the only way. I want that would be like the only time I would not want I wouldn't recommend cleaning the water because you're getting it out the tap. But if I just say we was like you was by a creek or like a running river or something, I'll say run it through the filter and then you know drop a cup like a couple of those aqua purifying drops in it. Some people do bleach, but I I don't know what I don't know what dosage they'll like you know they'll recommend, but Overall, I recommend to clean the water, depending on where it comes from after you filter. Appreciate that. No problem. Brian, I had a question for you. Yes, ma'am. Okay, darling. So, uh, as far as like you were talking about rainwater, and sometimes I don't think people realize that in certain states it's illegal. They say it's not, but they hemmed up a old fella for putting out a fire on somebody's um, land, so no good deed goes unpunished, right, when um, <laughs> dealing with the government. And so um, just wanted to point out that Arkansas, California, Colorado, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Louisiana, Nevada, North Carolina, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, and Utah, it's legal to collect rainwater, but with restrictions. How, how do you deal with that? Are, are you familiar? Yes, ma'am. I'm familiar with that, but... I know, like, the only state that is not legal to catch is, like, I think Washington or something like that. But I'm not really too worried about, like, how much they say I can collect because I just feel like if something happens, like, what's going on losing, I don't think they're going to be too worried about coming to see or check how much water you got. So for me personally, I'm, I'm going to collect, as like, every time I drink a gallon of water, I recycle, I use that bottle and I wait for it to rain again and I go out there and collect. Right now, I only got like 10 gallons of rainwater, but I'm going to collect rainwater until I can't collect no more. All right, Brian, you get to ride shotgun with me. You riding shotgun with me because we're going to get it. Go ahead. Thank you. Right. 
because I have a garden and when it rains and I come outside the next day, my plants look like they like on sugar. Like they be so excited. They be standing right up compared to when you water your plants with water out the, out the water hose. And so that's one reason I collect rainwater to like water the plants in my house and the garden outside. Because I really hate using, you know, the water they provide for you to water your plants because that's really not good water. So, that's one reason I collect rainwater in case you know, one day they feel like because you played a video earlier when it said like you know, we weren't taking the vaccine. And that's true. 70% 70 of black people are not taking the vaccine right now. As of right now. And I feel like water is the most important thing to keep us alive, even without food for a certain amount of days. So I feel like with what's going on now in the media, how they're saying water shortages, they come out the next war, will be on water, this and that. I feel like they are going to go to whatever, they're going to go to whatever lengths they got to get us to submit to them and if they take water they'll be like the last mm. they'll be like they'll mm -hmm. be like the final straw because you know water and melanin goes together like peanut butter and jelly you can't have one without the other so and so i so i'm collecting rain water for my plants too and me and i feel like you should too because yes they do want to cut the water off in your house like how else would we get the water Cause it rains, it rains one third of the year. So out of 360 days, it rains 120 days. And I feel like we should take advantage of what we are given from nature. And when you think about it, for them to even try to legalize it, let you know something in that water they don't want you to have. And I don't think it's really nothing bad in the rainwater. I feel like it's something that they don't want us to have. Cause plants and black people are one and the same so when i see my plants get rainwater in the way they act i can imagine if we was able to you know drink like natural water on a day-to-day -day basis so yeah. thank you thank you for that answer brian uh, i'm gonna bring up my wife because we have these conversations literally multiple times a day seven days a week 365 go ahead man Hey, uh, really quickly, I just wanted to add on for people that didn't know in regards to the legalities with rainwater, there's places like Colorado where they say you can only collect like 100 gallons. But then there's places like I want to say, I think it's Iowa or something where it's like you can collect 5,000 gallons of water. So it's one of those things like how are they really going to and mainly they do that because they try to say, oh, you're taking away from the streams and lakes. Um, that the water can be going in by collecting it for yourself. It's just, you, you know, they're always <laughs> making excuses for stuff. But I do recommend um, for people, if you are going to try to store a good amount of water, to look into a, um, I, I think it's pronounced cistern. It's C-I-S-T-E-R-N. Those are those really big tanks. They can hold like 500 gallons of water. Some can hold like 3,000 gallons of water and they're actually relatively cheap. Like, let's say you want to store 300 gallons of water, you're going to pay like $250 for a tank to keep it all in. 
or if you want one of those big, um, y'all know when you go into like, um, when you are going into another county and they're like, welcome to such and such county. You see those big water, um, those kind of big water uh, tanks that are on stilts. So just think of it as a mini version of that that you would have in your yard or wherever you want to keep it. Um, so just something to look into. Um, but it's C-I-S-T-E-R-N. Um, that's a really, really good uh, storage option for a mass amount of water. Sorry about that. Thank you. Thank you, babe. So with that said, we are going to uh, move along to the next segment. Uh, Brian, first of all, before we do that, we definitely want to thank you for taking the opportunity to come and uh, share your process with this. This is a very pertinent information. Information. How can the audience get in contact with you if they have more further questions on how to build their own filtration system? Well, they can... I know now you can send messages on Clubhouse, so they can send me a message on there. I think I have my Instagram linked up to this. And they can get in touch with your wife to find me on Facebook and message me on there. And I also sent you the, the YouTube link from the guy that taught me how to make one. And they can use that link to build on one. And before I go, I, like, I would also recommend if you're on Facebook, how they got a marketplace or you can look, if you was going to look for a water container, I say look for one that's also called a water tote, it's T-O-T-E, and look for one that has food grade in it, and you can buy one of those for cheap for like one, like for 175 you can get one that's ranging from 2 175 gallons to 300 gallons for like 175 food grade and you can clean it out yourself and you can use that for your water catcher or your uh, to store water in. Uh, looks like we got Izell back. Uh, she was okay. Go ahead, guys. Okay, are you able to hear me? Yes, we can hear you guys. Okay, I'm so sorry. I, I'm new to this. Um, I just wanted to add as a piggyback as far as um, the legalities. I actually live in Ohio, and as far as using um, our nationalities, our 501c3, um, there's something in Ohio while I stay in the Columbus area, and it's called Land Bank. Um, it allows you to access all types of land plots all over um, the Columbus area and with purchasing a um, piece of property which can be anywhere from like a thousand square feet to whatever is um, available. They have um, programs that you can utilize with the Ohio State. They'll bring you those large containers to collect rain, rain water. They'll show you um, you can use like different um, uh, curriculum and things like that with o Ohio State. They'll show you how to, they'll um, allow you to irrigate, um, farm, community garden, all of those type of things that are falling within, within the legal um, param parameters of whatever it is you need to do. 
So if you're in Ohio and you're able to use those, and I'm sure it's a government agency. So if you look within different areas of where you live in, if it's in Ohio, I can't believe it's not in other states as well. So if you can utilize and look into those things um, that allow you to get those um, type of properties within all areas of your state or the city that you're in, you'll find that they'll bring those things out to you at no cost. And that's, a, that's called a land bank, right? Well, in Ohio, it's called land bank. And that's what I'm actually looking into now. And it fell up under me being a national and I could use my 501c3. It opened me up to every single agricultural program of Ohio State. It allowed me to write off anything Anything I wanted to do as far as growing, farming, they brought they bring out all of those large two, three hundred gallon water um, rainwater collections. They 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 test your water, they test your soil, all of that at no cost. Thank you for that information. You're very welcome. I just wanted to add to you. Oh no, absolutely. Thank you. Well, we welcome all feedback and uh, especially great information. Uh, with that said, uh, we are going to open the floor up. And now we're going to uh, have a build uh, on this particular topic. And before we go in depth, I have a, a list of book recommendations that I'd like to. Uh, recommend to members of the audience. Um, the first one is going to be called Detoxing the Rona Shot and How to Heal from COVID-19 by Dr. Amaru Shiali, the chief of the Aboriginal Republic of North America. I'm sure many people in this room uh, know someone close that unfortunately has taken the jab either voluntarily or no, you know what? I don't believe in that involuntarily, but well, there are certain situations like we have a, a, a little brother who's in the, in the army and he was kind of in, in a vicarious situation. And, uh, but, you know, we also have contraindications for those situations as well. Uh, the next book that I'm going to recommend is called 100 Deadly Skills by Ralph Emerson. If you heard me speak in the guy, Yurima Karama's group in the Mastermind Alliance, you've heard me reference this book. It's a very, very good book. This uh, gentleman is a former Navy SEALs operative, and he's going to teach you the, the fundamentals of how to operate like an operative as if you were in, in a foreign country or if you were um, someone who was like in a hostage or a hostile situation, how to operate. So if you can operate in those conditions, you'll be prepared for anything. And he also has two other books that he's published. You have 100 Deadly Skills Survival and 100 Deadly Skills Combat. The survival edition kind of touches into a lot of the things that we've talked about today with the solar power and the uh, self-sustaining water system. The combat is more or less exactly what it says. It's combat. It's teaching you hand-to-hand -hand combat, how to operate and make weapons, make ammunition. So it's very pertinent. Uh, if, if you are a walking deadhead, like a lot of people in this room are, uh, that is definitely a book that you want to have in your arsenal. The next book is called The Self-Sufficient Backyard by Ron and Johanna 
Melchior. Uh, for those of you who uh, should be, we're not those of you, it should be everyone in this room should have aspirations uh, with regards to uh, growing your own produce, whether it's a small home garden or a uh, if you want to get into farming or actual agriculture. Uh, this is an excellent book to teach you how to harvest the proper way. The next book is Estro Generation by Anthony G.J. This book, I can say for a fact, uh, changed my wife and I's lives as we were preparing for our, our son to be born. You wouldn't believe how many food and products that, that contain certain uh, neurotoxins and what, what he calls estro generations that regulate your, your, your estrogen levels, making you at risk for cancer, uh, lowering your testosterone count if you're a male, and also altering your DNA um, with some of the, the foods that we consume. So Estro Generation by Anthony G.J. And last but not least, we have The Invisible Rainbow, A History of Electricity and Life by Arthur Furstenberg. And this book is a basically a chronological history of where we were uh, pre-colonization, you know, until going into uh, the Industrial Revolution and uh, introduction of electricity and radio waves and where we are now with 5G and EMFs and where we're going to in the future with these smart cities and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's my uh, gift to you today, uh, these book recommendations. So please, if you have my contact information, or you can just hit me up here in the clubhouse if you don't have it, or if you have my, my number um, or um, Instagram, just DM me or contact me, and I'll be able to get that to you. So without further ado, now is the time that I want to Open up the mic to whoever has something they want to share, a question they want to ask, anything they want to do to build, because people, we are in some dire times. Uh, Many people uh, have been in, oh, hold on, got a a question on Instagram, hold on one second, my producer just sent me a message, Uh, what if you already purchased your own filtration and all other supporting survival kits beforehand? Always be ready then to get ready. Cindy, if you could get clarification on that question, we'll we'll try to get uh, Brian to answer it. I'm just not really understanding what they want from that question. But yes, uh, as I was saying, you need to have a, a survival kit. Uh, like my wife and I have discussed, you know, everything from solar power, solar powered off grid kits, which the the brother Ralph uh, touched on earlier. Uh, power X generators, of course, and satellite uh, phones too. Absolutely, satellite phones, solar powered battery chargers, lithium battery chargers, like like Ralph uh, here. Uh, produces with his organization two-way radios EMF protection whether it's EMF protection like like pyramids that you can purchase we have a uh, he's not in here right now but we have a brother by the name of D Ivory who's of new energy and he c- creates these pyramids that are uh, EMF protection uh, my wife and I have invested in a Faraday uh, pouches for your cell phone that uh, eliminate 
the signal and all EMF rays. Uh, there's also things you can look at. There, there's even, they have EMF protection windows that you can install in your home. Uh, everything from bunkers to containers. Uh, look into getting your own server, drones, weapons, ammunition. And uh, and in case you want to get into uh, growing your own produce and maybe you don't have the option of, of having acres of land where you can just farm, well, guess what? Uh, my wife and I just so happened to uh, offer hydroponic gardens where you can grow your own produce with the confines of your own home. You can do it on the balcony and get the natural light, so you can do it in your kitchen. And uh, We have a lighting system that's self-sustained. It runs on a timer. You just fill up uh, it up with water, and it, you know, it, it filtrates it on its own, and uh, it, it runs on a, on a timer where it, the lights come on, and you wouldn't believe. If you want to know what they look like, you can go to my uh, Instagram, Karima Muhammad. Matter of fact, guys, if you want to come up, I'll let you say that uh, 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 out loud. If you don't mind, I'd like to bring you up. If you don't mind, we love we love for you to uh, to share that with the audience. Thank you. Peace, goddess. Greetings. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for, for, for sending me that information. But I, I would love for you to reiterate what you just told me in the message, please. Yes, this is my first time knowing about your show. And I knew about it because Ralph, he sent it out. And I have definitely enjoyed the show. And I was just... Um, um, Mentioning one of our trainers, um, his name is Hakeem Eisler, also known as the Black MacGyver. And so he did some training for us on some um, different tactics of survival. And I thought that he would be um, a great guest for your show. And then also um, myself at a future date, uh, because I'm a realtor licensed in three states, but I am promoting um, group economics. And um, pooling our resources and just doing what we need to do to, to get land and um, to be able to be okay. Because with what is going on, we're not going to be because we're not prepared. So that's and if that. I, correct me if I'm wrong, you're, uh, you're Ralph's wife, correct? Oh, no, sir. No, oh, no. Sir. No, no, no. Oh, okay, I'm no, sorry. I'm I saw I saw the Mohammed. Forgive me, <laughs> yeah. but uh, no. I definitely, uh, if you do me a favor and, uh, and send me your contact information. I yes. definitely want to build on this because I can tell you for a fact that just about everyone in this room who isn't currently on their own, uh, you know, reservation, if you will, would be very interested in uh, having that conversation with you because everyone in this room is about group economics. Many of the members of my tribe are, are in this room. And uh, so we do definitely want, want to build on that because, you know, my, we're looking at off-grid, you know, situations now, looking for acres of land as, as we speak. So if you yes. can assist with that, then we want to have that conversation with you, absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And your oh, listeners thank you. as well. Thank you. Stay up here, just in case someone else has a question. Uh, do we have any, anybody else want to come up and build? Like, this is an open, uh, open yeah. platform. Yeah, I, I actually wanted to touch on something. I've had a lot of, I'm sorry, y'all have a child in the background, so excuse that, but... Um, a lot of people have been asking me about sat phones and how they work for the past week. I didn't realize that there are so many people that just like have never heard of it. Maybe they didn't see that scene from Jurassic Park or whatever it is. But um, 
I can't stress how important it is to get a satellite phone because if this grid goes down, I mean, you see it in movies all the time and people are trying to figure out if the same thing is happening, you know, five states over where their family is and they can't get in contact with anyone. Um, so it's very vital. But also when you're getting it, just make sure that I was a late person when I started looking into sat phones, but it's important to understand like the network to understand like if you're getting an Iridium network, that's worldwide. And Marsat network is worldwide except for polar regions. You can't use it in, in Antarctica, but you can use it somewhere in the desert, for example. And then there are other networks that are only for USA or for other countries outside of it. So it's important to make sure that you're getting the right one. Um, and then also understanding um, when you're getting these sat phones, you need to pay attention to the minutes, uh, the units. Um, it's a simple, I mean, there's some networks that may cost you a dollar a minute. There's others that may cost you $11 a minute. Um, so that's stuff to kind of look out for. Cause you might think you're getting a deal. One might be 700 versus a thousand, but now you're spending five times more per minute. So that's just, that's just something to think about in, in your uh, research. I have a quick question to the, oh, the God, yeah, I'm sorry. I couldn't unmute myself fast enough. Go ahead, Marcus. Um, so my question is related to... Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Peace, guy. I didn't give you a proper introduction. Peace, guy. Ask your question. Oh, it's all good, brother. Um, does anyone have any experience with sat phones versus ham radios? I'm kind of curious if anyone might have, uh, any experience, um, you know, as far as service, range, anything. You said versus hand radios? Ham. H-A-M. Ham radios. H-A-M. I'm not too familiar. Okay. Um, particularly, specifically familiar with, with ham. I, I do know that a lot of radios usually have up to a 20-mile a radius locally. Mm. Uh, as far as uh, an actual sat phone, uh, the one that we have and ones that uh, we've recommended to people are actually military grade and you can literally use them anyway because these are the ones like if, if the military is, is say for instance they're in Afghanistan or another one of these foreign countries and they need to communicate they'll be able to contact pretty much anyone anywhere okay okay hopefully that answers your question properly guy no that, that helps that helps I've, yeah I've... Been Go ahead, some some ham radios, and I know actually they have quite a quite a distance on them. But I, I think the main thing that I was kind of curious about with ham radios specifically um, is you could actually use those for internet access as well. Um, so you know we're talking about when the grid goes down, or you know they flip the switch and turn everything off. In addition to communication, if you need access to resources on the on the net or whatever, um, I think through ham radios you can actually um, um, have access to the internet through radio waves. Hmm. But yeah, we, oh, I want to build with you on this. I, I need to do some research on this. Yeah, I'm still doing research myself. I, that's why I'm trying to see if anyone had any actual experience. But yeah, we can definitely build. Yeah, I need to uh, tap in with some of my uh, <laughs> my former military comrades to see if anyone has any uh, knowledge in this area, because this is definitely something uh, 
that uh matter of fact hold on you know the the guy ralph is is in here let me let me bring him up see if he's familiar okay with with any of the with with a ham radio if he's uh i know he's in here i don't know if he's listening might just have it on but he didn't i don't know if he saw me but yeah no this is definitely that's a good so thank you for that that's that's uh this is why we're here we're uh, providing solutions um but we definitely want to uh, get have access to, to all of this information because quite frankly people we're behind like we got a long way to go you know uh, for those of our comrades that are are in the, the rural situations already and that kind of got a head start yeah the guy yeah Ralph are you familiar with these the, the ham two-way radios that Marcus is referring to right yeah the ham radios they don't necessarily work off of a repeater so those are actually completely independent I've got um couple constituents here and uh, they actually have a lot of ham radio clubs uh, and uh, there's one here in Charlotte and they meet up every Saturday and they have these competitions see how far they can talk and I know some of these brothers here they're talking from here all the way to Australia from North Carolina way you know just I mean this is out of like a mobile uh, truck that they have and um, the regular handheld ham uh, radios uh, I had I've got it wrote down uh, at home uh, as far as the ones to get and some of them when you go on that high you, you have to just get a little ham radio license but other than that ham radios are very good because also not only um as far as communicating um abroad but say within your community that is something that's easy sort of like it's just a sort of like basically a walkie-talkie but on steroids right therefore right. your constituent <clears throat> So he's across town, or maybe even in the next state. With that same ham radio, you can communicate with them, and it's not tied to anything other than a uh, repeater. And a lot of these repeaters, if they're that large, they've got backup generation that automatically flip on. It's just like uh, your cable and everything like that. However, the ham radio is definitely something that I would uh, put in the uh, <clears throat> survival kit. As do well. you do you have any particular manufacturers that you would recommend for this hand radio? I'm, I'm doing what I can do here. when we when we get off this call, I'll I'll um, send you all that information, and I'll even send the uh, brother that you can contact and talk with in depth um, on ham radio, <clears throat> and he can um, definitely um, guide you on all of that because he's definitely an expert in that. And um, yeah, I'd love to be a part of that build. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but we will. Uh, we might need to. Yeah, yeah. I, we'll figure out the the best means to. Uh, I don't know if I really want to <laughs> do that on a uh, on an open. Maybe we'll do like right, a three right, right. call. Or, you know, say right. let, let us build privately. You know, mm-hmm. so um, so everything doesn't need to be out here. But we want. To, but people definitely tap in with me if you have the question. And you and you want to build, I will definitely be able to get that information to you. There's some things we need to learn to keep private. Uh, oh, Cindy, go ahead, sister. God, peace, God, go ahead and ask your question. Peace, peace. Okay, so my question was, I'm in New York. I'm in uh, fucked hard land. Um, so uh, we're part of the two-thirds of the United States population that lives in a 100-mile zone the constitution free zone meaning our constitution don't matter y'all so basically connecticut 
Delaware, Florida, Hawaii, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island, Vermont, places like that. You know, when it shit hits the van, it don't matter. You could have your, your water collecting. You could have your generator. They could just come and scoop it up. And what I wanted to ask you guys, because, yes, I'm a producer, but this producer needs to move. Anybody got any ideas where I should move to? Come to Texas. Texas. Definitely the South. Absolutely the South. Y'all are so sweet. I'm coming to everybody's house. We got you. Thank you. That's yeah. That's uh, these are like these. These I'm looking at something online. These are like those. These are uh, these radios that you uh, see on the movies with the people who be off the grid. So okay. Yeah. Like the Quiet Place. I just yeah, I wasn't. I just wasn't familiar with the ham portion, but now I oh yeah. Great, great, great job, Marcus. I appreciate you asking this question. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Absolutely. So I know somebody else in our audience got some gems up here. Come on, share them. Let's get it. Who we got up here? Who we got? Who we got? Absolutely. Can I put another seat out there? Maybe someone will come in and, and go ahead. Back go off. Ahead. But um, another thing I feel like we need to be um, preparing for storing seeds because, as you know, they're you see what they're doing to the uh, to the seeds. Um, Ideally, in the next few years, there probably won't be any more heirloom seeds left because they have been on a mission for some time to, you know, ensure that we eat as much genetically modified uh, hybrid uh, breeds of crops as possible um, that are, of course, sprayed with pesticides and all those other things. So if you can get your hands on seeds, um, like there's a company, rareseeds.com, they do heirloom seeds. Um, and just also in a lot of these sites, I think there's another one, seeds.com or something, but also being aware that some, some may say heirloom, but it may only be like a quarter of them are heirloom. The other ones may be hybrids or, um, or they'll be listed as non-GMO, but you have to look at the fine print of those things. Um, Whole Foods actually has heirloom seeds as well. Um, so just something to think about and start preparing because when this, um, pandemic happened I tried to order seeds four times and they kept getting so-called lost they kept uh one company sent my money back to me three times saying they couldn't send it out they couldn't say why and then I had two other companies that posted a bulletin on their site that said sorry we have exceeded our seed count for today the U.S. government is limiting how many seeds we can sell on a daily basis so you literally have to get up in the morning and get on there and hope that you're one of the lucky people. I don't understand how That's they crazy. can limit how many seeds you can buy. But there were various websites that had that same disclaimer. And no one really talked about it because you know how they like to hide information and make sure that there's like not a mass conversation about these things. But it's just straight in your face. So um, that's and and there's uh, a lot of different companies on Whole Foods uh, on Whole Foods on uh, Amazon as well that do have seeds, but once again, make sure they are heirloom. Thank you, Sharif. Now I'm looking in the audience. I see a lot of people that are in a lot of different areas of the country. I see a lot of New York, New Jersey in here. I see Atlanta. I see South Carolina. I see Las Vegas. I see Maryland. I see California. Y'all come up here and stop being shy to tell us what's going on. Give us the give us the the the, uh, the report of what's going on in your community because we don't watch the news. So 
What are we doing? I see Tylee in here. I think uh, Tylee has an apothecary of some sort. Um, Absolutely. I think I, Quay, I saw go, that you. Go ahead, my brother. Own, so. you should, you should, as soon as you come up, I'm up. Hold on. Peace, God. Hopefully, as. I know we, we're doing some good things when Clubhouse starts acting weird. I have the, the dude outside that never uh, does the hedges, but all of a sudden on this day when I'm talking about this topic, not a hedges, just so happen to be getting cut exactly when we're going on, but it's not going to stop. It's Quayhu. Peace, God. Go ahead. Peace, peace, God. Peace, peace. Man, so I'm out here in Jersey. I'm out in the sticks, so we ain't really feeling too much... Uh, you know, the people are, let's say, a bit more, I don't know, they're pretty rebellious out this way because you got a lot of homeowners, landowners, a lot of private businesses, entrepreneurs. So when I go into most markets, um, it's about half and half with masks. Uh, people kind of stay out of each other's way. But uh, I got, you know, my lady, she's up in New York, and they've denied her at restaurants. Um, she tried to go salsa dancing a couple weeks ago with a friend. Or I'm sorry, this past weekend, and they, they wouldn't let that happen. So I think what's happening is the cities are the most affected places, the large cities. Because I'm way out, I'm out in there, I'm out in the sticks. I'm right on the edge of a um, natural reserve that's a pine, that's full of pine and everything. But uh, I can definitely see the fear creeping in because more and more people in my social network are either getting the vaccine or, you know, making up excuses for why they got the vaccine and. So, I mean, uh, man, after this conversation today, I'm just like, man, I've been been thinking about getting down south. But uh, it's like I need to stop playing around because this, this ain't no game. and They're not playing right now. They're trying to really turn it up on us and get us to, uh, I mean, that just that uh, that recording you played earlier about how it's only 25% of us vaccinated. So they're literally trying to push us out of society once again. So... You know, it's just all important for us to form and get together. And Raj, Raj is on the call. And he's up in this region. And uh, the person that was speaking about the land banks, that, uh, yeah, I just looked into that. So if I do step here, that's something that's going to be imminent for anybody that's in the New York, New Jersey area. You could contact me. I'm going to see what um, what type of plays we can put in motion for the time being. Because I do still have my family up here. And uh, I do care about what happens to them, even if they are not on code but uh it's kind of getting to the point where it's like if you ain't on code you gotta get left behind so but uh people in the region new jersey pennsylvania and new york if you want to contact me here uh that's fine and we could uh see what we could build and do because uh they're definitely tightening the clamps i don't really know what's going on i don't go i don't spend any time in the city really but um so i don't know really what's going on there but uh, yeah, we just gotta stay on the ball because it's uh seems like it's getting getting tight. This winter's gonna be a cold one, so let me know if anybody wants to connect and uh, anything else. You know, we could uh we could lock in. I appreciate y'all, though, God. Appreciate y'all for putting this show on and allowing us to connect and build on this level because it uh it's dire times right now. So thank you for that. Peace, God. I, I just want to say I, I really appreciate you, uh, man. It's such amazing. Um, finally meeting you in person at the summit. I look forward to continuing the, the, the build on a daily basis. And I also look forward to having you on the show as a guest here, part of our panel discussion 
here uh, two weeks from today. Just to throw that plug out there, we're going to be, uh, for those who don't know, uh, the 25th anniversary of the death of Tupac Amaru, stress the Amaru Shakur, will be on uh, Monday, September the 13th, and we'll be live on the 15th, and we'll be just doing a little uh, background on hip-hop, uh, the duality of the MC, and just how uh, our artists have been used to perpetuate certain eugenicist agendas. But I look forward to having you on, Quayhu. Uh, Izell, uh, hold that thought. I know you want to say something <laughs> to Quayhu, but I had Timmy that came up, and I'm going to let her um, go ahead and um, say her piece, and then I'm going to come back to you, Izell. Peace, goddess. Timmy? Hello, King. Um, I'm, I just came in the room um, just by the topic winter is coming, so I didn't know what to expect, but um, I'm actually upstate New York at the moment, um, but my family's in Brooklyn. I don't keep up with the news, but I've been like joining in Clubhouse and getting into these different rooms talking about the vaccine and COVID and it's not something that I'm, I'm planning to get, but the fear that they're pushing out there is crazy. And I was in another room last night um, where, you know, people are, you know, preparing like survive, learning survival skills where I just went in and I purchased a bunch of different things. The same thing as I did last year. And a lot of people are talking about moving to the South. And I have a question is that, is there any... And it's not to say that I don't feel safe. Is there any way safe? I mean, of course, the city is going to be much more crazier. Um, and people are talking about leaving the U.S. and going to Mexico. But if the whole world is under the same agenda, is there any way safe? And um, I'm actually even talking about with, to my family for us to purchase a piece of land up here upstate. But... Even where I'm at, it's just like already a divide. The people are watching the unmasked folks or people are watching the masked folks with an eye weirdly. And it's just really crazy where things are going. And and I don't know if they're, if going to the South is safer, going to the Caribbean is safer. If the whole world is under the same agenda. The government, the whole world government is under the same agenda. Peace, goddess. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to pass the mic on. First of all, thank you for uh, for coming aboard. We appreciate uh, your comment, and we uh, understand your concern. The first thing, uh, if I could offer you a piece of advice, and a lot of people in this room, I'm sure, will concur. The first thing I need, I, I feel that a lot of our people are going to need to do is to find their tribe. And by doing so, you need to align yourself with people who have the same objectives. And then when doing so, once you uh, find that tribe and you're aligned with people with the same objectives, you need to uh, figure out the ways that you can best protect your livelihood and your family. And for a lot of the members of this room, the answer to that equation is autonomy. It's not equality. It's, it's autonomy. Autonomy, excuse me. And we can tap into that at a later time. Uh, we have definitely people in this room that we can talk about a little bit more in depth on how to how to achieve that autonomy. But that is the only, and I mean the only uh, 
feasible way to survive and prevail during these times. Uh, continuing to subscribe to Western world thinking and Western world institutions and Western world religions and Western world food and the continue the disconnect uh, from our ancestors, the, the effects of colonization. You need to be amongst the people that are going to speak life into you, like many of the people in this room. You know, uh, you know I'm glad you stopped by and uh, we will definitely um, continue to build. I don't want to get long winded because we're running out of time. I want to give uh, the goddess Izel an opportunity to say her piece of what she was trying to say a moment, a moment ago. Peace, goddess Izel. Yes, um, I'll make it real quick. I just wanted to piggyback off of the heirloom seeds. Uh, the manufacturer or the site that I've actually been ordering heirloom seeds off of is Baker's Creek. There hasn't been any limitations. I've actually been ordering seeds literally every two weeks for the past year and a half now. Um... And they have everything from herbs um, to melons. I mean, everything that you need. Check them out. Um, the quality. Um, that's rareseeds.com. Um, yes, rare seeds. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that, Goddess. Do I have anyone else? Uh, we have about 18 more minutes before we go off go off and uh, I definitely um, want to continue this conversation uh, it's a very necessary conversation can know, I, see a, go ahead can I come and uh, interject there's so many I see a lot of uh, east coasters out here in New York New Jersey uh, so really quickly in the, in the essence of us talking about being prepared um, and not just like what's stocking up on stuff but also being prepared mentally with what your your exit strategy is going to be when you have like a week to kind of get out um that's something to start thinking about i have any of you guys heard of the assembly bill a uh a's and apple 416 um it's going through the um it's so if you go to newyorksenate.gov i actually just posted the link um on my uh, when you click on my profile on here um at the very bottom you'll see the link so you guys can read it for yourselves and see that this bill is in committee right now um, so this bill relates to the removal of cases, contacts, and carrier, carriers of diseases who are potentially dangerous to the public health. So um, this is kind of their way to, to uh, be able to do these containment camps that everyone says, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. But I mean, the verbiage is clear as day. It talks about, um, you know, if the governor uh, declares it a state of emer a state of health emergency, then there are certain things that they'll be able to do as far as containment, as far as um, you know, detaining you in a medical facility or other appropriate facility designated by the governor. Um, I'm just going through really quickly. It says uh, a person who is detained um, shall not continue to be detained once they determine that you're no longer a potential threat. Um, it goes in to talk about the things that they are able to do. They are able to, uh, let me see, they can require an individual who has been exposed to or infected by any contagious disease to complete appropriate prescribed courses of treatment, preventive medication or vaccination, 
undergo decontamination procedures deemed necessary by the department. Um, so if you just go through and you just read this print, it actually also says at the end that this act shall take effect on the 13th day after it becomes law. So think about that. If something like this gets passed, it's effective immediately within 13 days. That's not a lot of time for you to be like, okay, I got to get up out of this state. I mean, and this is just New York. I don't know how many other places are going to pass a bill um, of this nature that's pretty much saying we can do whatever we want to you and we can detain you. And there's even a clause in it that says you cannot um, be disorderly or, uh, you, you know, like all this stuff. So they don't, they're, they're pretty much saying we can detain you. You can't fight back. There's nothing you can do. We can vaccinate you. We can put you in a medical facility or anything that we deem necessary. So that's definitely something I think, especially for you East Coasters, that you should really start looking at. And there's also, um, I know for a lot of these bills that are getting passed in different places, there's... Um, Ways where you can sign up and subscribe to where every time the bill goes through it's a second or third step of whether it's getting voted in or not, you'll get a notification um, so you can constantly keep up with what's going on. Oh, Sherry. <laughs> I just wanted to say she's so beautiful because she puts it so lovely for the people. So I'm going to um, actually reiterate what she said, but in my New York slang of like, they will drag you out your motherfucking house, will hold you the fuck down and jab you the hell up and say you are not fit to think for yourself. That's what the fuck that law says. Okay. I know about that law. That's why I need to get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> Thank you. And really quickly for y'all everywhere else, um, of course, you guys know, like, if you're traveling internationally, you have to have, like, a vaccine or whatever that is. But there's actually a uh, bill that got um, that got introduced, I want to say it was about two or three weeks ago, and it is for interstate travel. So now um, they want to introduce this bill to, re to require a vaccine if you're going, if you're, like, you know, going from Houston to Dallas, which is, what, 30-minute flight, or if you're going from you know, Texas to Arkansas, whatever it is, they want to be able to to require these vaccines. So when that happens, you really have to think about where this can go. Once they start saying you can't go state to state on a flight, well, what are people going to do? Okay, I'm not flying. I'll just drive. Well, you know that that's not going to cut it with them. That's just opening Pandora's box for them to say, okay, well, we're going to start doing checkpoints, state checkpoints or you know, that could be a way where they can um, now have the military involved or issue some type of martial law because now people need to be checked going into these states. So that's another thing. Um, what is this bill called? You can actually do a, um, it's called um, HR 4980. Um, so that's something to look into. It was introduced into the House on um, August the 6th. So that's something to also follow because you have to think about everything else that comes after something like that gets passed. You said that was HR 4980? Yep, yep, that's right. Thank you, sis. Mm -hmm. Can I quickly provide a perspective for Timmy? I think she was asking the question, was any, any place safe? Was it Timmy? Yes. So I don't, I don't know if that was rhetorical or you were really asking a question. Um, I'll just say flat out that no one really knows what places are going to be safe. I, I wholeheartedly uh, agree with uh, Brother Jay Ali that uh, autonomy is the, play, is the way to go. But if you sit back and you're honest with yourself and, and, and 
And I, that's really so crucial because I think a lot of us we're doing hope we're hoping and praying and doing a whole bunch of stuff and we're unable to make decisions. So I, when I say that, I'm not being facetious. I'm just I'm saying if you really sit back and be honest with yourself, are you prepared? And if you come to the conclusion that you're not, then I would say for a, a certain period of time, the South or any Republican run state, I don't like either one of them, but the Republican states are probably going to be the last to try to push these laws. So if you need to buy yourself time, you need to go someplace where you can actually have have time to prepare. So I just wanted to share that. Me, me and the guy Marcus think think alike. I was literally gonna 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 touch on that, and I appreciate you doing it for me, guy. Joy, go ahead. Peace, everyone. Um, I just have a question. So um, I was listening to Cherie about the um, what is it, the A four sixteen bill, and the last bill you were talking about. I just, even though I'm not in the tribe, but can they still force that? For the tribal members? No. We are not a part of the U.S. government. Uh, we are not under their jurisdiction. We're under tribal government. Um, they can't enforce anything. And, and we even have um, contraindication forms that are not only sealed by our tribal government, but also by like the U.S. Department of State. So it's like a binding agreement that we understand that the mRNA is harmful to our people, to our genetic makeup, and also um, that the testing as well can be harmful to us. So these forms would, you know, we, we've talked to a few people from the tribe and they've, you know, pretty guaranteed us that we do not have to comply with U.S. government. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be prepared because, you know, it takes it's simple for someone to knock on your door and try to drag you out the house. And you're like, wait, I'm not part of this government. I'm, you know, I'm a try, you know, and trying to pull out your ID. That may not cut it when it comes to martial law. They may not care. And then, you know, that's another issue. But then that brings about a whole nother type of war between the indigenous community and the U.S. government. So let's hope it doesn't ever have to come to that. Listen up, Peter. Thank you. Oh, no. Joy, you got something now? Oh, no, she answered. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Listen. Majority of the people in this room are, are 50 and under. I don't even think we have anybody that old. I think probably everybody is like 45, 42, 43, younger, whatever. We've been predictively, we've been watching predictive programming our entire existence for our entire life. Terminated came out in what, 84? They Live came out in what, 87? You know, all of these post apocalyptic movies, they're all of the, 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 the pandemic movies, the contagions, the Ebola and, and outbreak. And like, we know the blueprint. They've given it to us over and over and over and over again. It was the Denzel movie in New York, the uh, siege, under siege. I mean, we know about martial law. We know about all of this stuff. So now the question is, are you going to play offense or defense? See, I have an athletic background. You know, when I was a defensive fighter, I didn't like that too much. I started having success as a boxer when I got on my offense. I didn't wait. I threw first. And I had a lot more success that way. Okay? We cannot continue to be 
on our toes, backpedaling and reacting to what they are doing to us. At some point, you're going to have to make a decision and decide that you're going to throw first. And what I mean by throwing first, I mean by being proactive. If you know that they are planning these bills, why are we going to wait for them to go into an effect? And I understand it could be a financial situation, but listen, now more than ever is a time to prioritize. This is not a time for vacations. This is not a time to indulge on, on dumb shit. Your money should be going to investing in your your livelihood, whether it's you know making uh, better financial decisions, maybe applying for business credit, maybe it's nationalizing into a tribal government that's under a different jurisdiction that offers different protections for you and your family, having your assets protected under a trust being tax exempt, whether it's sales tax, income tax, capital gains tax, property tax, Making sure all of your, your ammunition, your guns, whatever it is that you hold dear is protected. Maybe it's making sure that your children never have to go to one of their schools ever again in life. Maybe, maybe you're in a, a situation where you have a, a community of like-minded individuals that are raising their kids with the same principles. Maybe you're aligned with your ancestors. Maybe you're following a, a certain creed. For those of you who've known me and have had these conversations for long, you know that I like to reference a particular show because it goes in depth about everything that I'm referring to. That show was The Walking Dead. That show had nothing to do with zombies. If you really caught the premise of what the show was actually about, the zombies were actually a metaphor for the unconscious. The, the, the dislike the unconscious or the sheeple, whatever you want to call them, or whatever you, label you like to give them, just like the zombies, they were herded, herded, moved in a certain directions, used as a weapon. And what did the people who were con- or conscious or, or not zombies on that show did? They built Alexandria. But even building Alexandria, sometimes it wasn't even enough. You have to continue to build and rebuild like our ancestors did. So we need to get out of this Western world Eurocentric mindset. We need to get out of this uh, microwave. We've got an app for that mentality. And we need to go back to the basics. You heard the God Marcus talk about ham radios. You heard the God Ralph go in depth about those radios. You've heard us talk about water filtration systems, and solar powered energy. You know, now's the time to have a family tactical plan. And just so you know, that's exactly what we're going to segue to next week's show. We will be discussing family tactical plans because if you don't have one, I promise you, you're going to wish you did. I just had someone come up. Oh, yes, it's the goddess. Is it Elisa or Eliza? Elisa. 
Elisa, please, please, yes. yes, absolutely. Please speak. Thank you for uh, for coming up, guys. Hi. So this is actually my first um, clubhouse. Anything I just joined a couple days ago, um, and you literally just pulled me into the conversation when you referenced The Walking Dead. Um, I've been saying that <laughs> to my husband for for the longest since people started getting jabbed, and I said, you know, people were saying, okay, a lot of people are going to die. And, you know, there's like some of us that are, you know, a little bit more conscious and, and, you know, looking for things to happen. You know, some people are waiting to just drop dead. And I'm and I was saying, I'm like, no, this is like the walking dead. Like they're already dead. They've already died. And we just don't you know, we're not looking at it the way we're supposed to be looking at it. Do, does that make sense? Makes um, perfect sense. Continue. Okay. <laughs> so it was just like as soon as you said that, I just was, it, it just. You know, it's just like a wow moment for myself because, um, I, like, I've been using that for quite a while. And it's just that that is what's going on right now. And we don't see it. And there's times where you're trying to reason with people. And, um, you know, I, there's a there's an episode. I think it's probably one of the first episodes where or the first season where the guy, his wife is. Um, she keeps coming back to the house. So maybe a part of her new that's something she was connected to that, but she was gone. So it was, there was nothing, you know, that could be done to bring her back. Um, so it's that kind of led me to a question of just, you know, even with these bills, I definitely stay on top of a lot of the bills. I'm in New Jersey and, um, you know, bills that have anything to do with medical freedom, things like that. And how do you like, how do I talk to those, you know, the people that may be the walking dead? Like, how can we get them to, sort of buy into what we're saying when, you know, a lot of times you start to talk to somebody about something, they get really triggered and then they just, Oh, you're one of those. Oh, you're this, you're that. And it's like, no, I'm just, I'm just for, you know, medical freedom, body, body autonomy that we make those decisions for ourselves. And I'm against any law, any, um, you know, anything that can take away from that. But what are suggestions to try to reach out beyond just our circle of people that are like-minded to kind of bring them in and get them to understand why, you know, certain bills, um, like the one that was mentioned in New York are, you know, dangerous for everybody. Anybody before I go, Marcus. Yeah. Um, I wish I could say it in a nice way, but I can't. Some of us just aren't going to make it period. Um, and for the people that are triggered, I mean, they're just really revealing themselves. I'm not saying don't try, but I don't think there's anything that you can say to somebody to convince them if they are with the program. So, you know, you know, the saying, you know, the teacher arrives when the student is ready. So, um, if you got a message to share, but no one has an, ear, an open ear, I would say use that energy to make sure that you and yours are are prepared, are ready, are square. Focus that energy there. I mean, that was that's all we needed. Um, yes, I appreciate that question, uh, goddess. And as the god just said. Your, your energy during during this time has to be focused. I had to learn this the hard way myself. Um, I lost a lot of uh, a lot of friends last year. P- 
people that I've known some for at least 20 years. It's crazy. But they got indoctrinated. Well, no, they didn't get indoctrinated. They were already indoctrinated, but they got caught up in the racial identity politics of 2020 with the whole Trump versus Biden debate, which is still comical to me that members of our families and our community had the audacity to believe that changing from one white supremacist to another would make a difference. It was just the only thing was, is it's like, if you go back to what Malcolm X said, uh, between the, the wolf and the fox, you know, you got the wolf who, you know, doesn't like you. He's growling at you, you know, but then over here you have the, uh, the fox who he shows his teeth and grins and smiles at you before he eats you, you know? And it was just, you know, it was very frustrating having conversations with family and friends is because even my own father, you know, long a year, a year and some change before they took the jab, but it was, it was inevitable. But when you cannot, when you are so, uh, I don't know, it's the cognitive, the, the Stockholm syndrome, you know, when you, no matter what your oppressor does to you, you still have this affinity for them. And, and that's what colonization has done to our people. And it's been a, a generational uh, plague that's been inflicted upon our people and, and the people in this room, the people in our tribe and the people who are interested in joining the tribe, we are the ones, you have to look at it from this regard. We are the first and we shall be the last. We are the mothers and fathers of civilization. We built it. They destroyed it. The only way any of anybody has a chance is if we, re, is if we rebuild it. So to think that, we're going to look outside of ourselves for someone else to come and save us is asinine. And it's a waste of time. We have to organize. We have to bring forward solutions, which is why we created this brand in general. And, and this, this podcast is to have these discussions. Uh, but I've got a lot of people that want to speak. Um, who just came in? I think we had the guy Ralph came up, then we've got Denali, and then I know the the, the goddess uh, Cindy wants to speak. Uh, Ralph, you're on if you're ready. So, in in response to what what the sister just said, and then in yourself and building on that, all you can do right now is continue with what you know and the truths that you know, and live by that and be that example. And what will happen is the time in which we're living in will also be a help in validating that truth. Because the truth doesn't need a prop or a kickstand. It stands on its own. And the more you propagate that, and yeah, unfortunately, like Brother said, you know, some may not make it. However, you just have to be steadfast and continue with that in which you know, is the truth and it will stand on its own. And eventually those will see. And the key is preparation. You have to continuously prepare and prepare and prepare. And like minds definitely have to link together. And autonomy is definitely 
a must right now with the time that we're in uh, because it is going to get worse before it gets better. And, Absolutely. you know, this first wave, that was just a preempt. That was just a, a sort of like a briefing just to see, you know, what would happen. If you notice right now, go to the store, especially where what's really strange is go to the hardware stores like your Home Depots and Lowe's. Look at their shelves. They're getting empty of various, you know, certain products. Just take, you know, a real good look. It's happening. There's going to be a famine because there's going to be a shortage of food. And if you haven't, you've got to go ahead and start storing something. For at least, you know, it's going to hold you for three to six months or even six months to a year. That's just real. Because even though, you know, and I'm listening to everyone, they've got laws and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, they can do what they want to do or what they feel that they want to do. And the more we get out of that particular mindset and the Western Hemisphere type of thinking, we'll, we'll make it. We'll be all right. But we've got to completely come back into ourselves and unify, period. That's what's going to keep us sustained. Mike, check one, two, one, two. Loud and clear, God. Go ahead. Speak your peace. Hey, I'm uh, really piggybacking from uh, what Ralph said, Jay. Um, you got to take care of yourself first, man. I know we've been taught as a people that um, the whole idea of um, building an ark for everybody and, um, you know, extended family and play cousins and so on and so forth. Um, but you got to take care of yourself first, man. You got to eat first. You got to drink your water first. You got to exercise first. You got to plan first. You got to do all that for yourself, whether you're single, have a family, so on and so forth. And like we spoke on last week and piggybacking off of uh, Brother Ralph, um, be the example. And those who are going to follow you or with you, the people that are resisting, they are going to resist. They're built for it. And you got to recognize when somebody's resisting you. I'm going to give you this example and I'm going to get off. Most people have swam in a pool before. I don't know who on here has drowned before or saved somebody from drowning. But that person that's drowning, if they aren't in the right mindset, they will pull your ass under two. They will fight you in the process of saving them no matter what you say. Relax. I got you. Stop fighting. You're pulling me down. I'm here to help you. Stop. So on and so forth. And you got to realize, well, at what point do you just have to say, I got to let them go? Period. And then here's the last bit. How many people are you prepared literally to do um, let's say kind of overtime work to quote unquote save because that's energy that's time that's resources so if you focus on you your family some people call it selfishness and all that I'm I'm calling it uh, we gonna be ready and then those who are following you because they see the light you're gonna have some people inbox you text message you call you start to come over your house regularly, start to ask questions, 
start to do what it is that you are suggesting them to do. And then y'all going to start coming up with plans as a unit. Y'all going to start, start coming up with plans as a multi-family unit and say, okay, cool. Just focus on those folks. All right, peace, man. No, actually, you're absolutely right. I appreciate that. Um, I want to uh, piggyback off what you said in a second. But first, uh, I know we have uh, the guy that sent you who has a question. And then after that, I want to bring up Pasha. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't really a, a question. It was just uh, listening to the sister talk about, like, can we truly speak to other people? And what can we do? So, uh we always talk about everything is hidden in plain sight, right? It's in every movie. Entertainment is not entertainment, right? Rule number one for Luciferian is hide everything in plain sight. Yeah, I read a little, okay? So, basically, that's what they do. They put everything in plain sight. But did y'all know Sophia Stewart, who wrote The Matrix and The Terminator, she's from the Bronx, y'all. She wrote that. They stole that. You get what I'm saying? But she was an accountant by the time she was 15 or 16. Y'all sleeping on y'all skills that y'all got in the melanin. That's all I'm saying. Trying to save people, I get it. I love my family. Y'all can't tell me nothing. But at the end of the day, people are falling for what they're falling for. This is like that movie, 1980s, A Brave New World. It was a book back in 1930 where everybody was happy to take Prozac and everybody was happy to do what the government said and you couldn't think different. You was only allowed this many children. They've been writing about this stuff before any of us ever existed. And in the words of Mr. Ben Franklin, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. They playing their goddamn selves. That's it. Thank you from the producer, Cindy Ashby. Later. I, my team is like Voltron, y'all, in case you didn't know. Uh, Pasha. Peace, God. How are you? Peace, guys. Peace, goddess, to you. I uh, look forward to hearing what you have to say. You know, you and your <laughs> husband are, are absolutely amazing. I have these conversations with your husband on the regular, so I can't wait for you to go ahead and drop your gems go ahead um well basically i wanted to touch on um the aspect of family and friends and the reason why is because i had to make a real um, tough decision i'm the youngest in my family uh, my mother passed away in march her funeral was in april and um i want to personally share that we drove down from Atlanta to Memphis, where I'm from, to my mom's funeral. And we drove back from Memphis to Atlanta the same day. That's pretty much how we would roll. There would really be rare when we would stay there stay there for a weekend. And my mom was there, and my mom was, was ill. Um, but it had to do everything with energy. So when it comes to trying to talk about, you know, talk to family members about what's going on, that was me. I'm literally the youngest, uh, the youngest cousin, the youngest grandchild, the youngest child. Um, so they're looking at me as if I'm still what they used to call me. Um, they would call me Baby Patty. That used to be, be my name. My uh, name, and um, they they're looking at me as if I'm this this weird, crazy person. You know, I I'm homeschooling. 
Um, we've changed our diet. You know, it got so bad to the point where they wanted my children taken away from me, my two younger ones. I have two adults and then two younger children. And they wanted to take the children away from us. And it's like, why? Because I'm not living the life that I was told to live and I'm doing something different. So I had to make the hard decision. And this may be a little harsh to some, but I had to do it for me. I'm basically saying that I blocked everyone on social media and I changed my telephone number after I had that number for 15 years. I changed the number. I did provide an explanation to my sister who was caring for my mom at the time, even though I was my mother's power of attorney. I provided an explanation as to why. And um, I feel free. I feel at peace because all of the women in my family, they, you know, had made choices with their wombs. They thought I was weird for not making the same choice. Um, they, it, it just was an energetic pull. So I had to literally disconnect myself completely. I, I was not going to hear anybody telling me that I needed to, you know, jab my children or myself. Like, I'm, that's just not us. So um, when it comes to that, you just have to be easy on yourself and, and not be, um, you know, so hard on yourself for making the dis- best decision for your own life. Um, and also when it comes to um, we're preppers and we have been talking to certain individuals that we would consider friends constantly telling them especially last year like hey you might want to prep I was even doing it to my family they're laughing at me you know it, it was just hilarious they thought I was just nuts you know that I needed to really seek some mental help um and my whole thing is now do not come and knock on my door first of all we're preparing where you're not going to even know where we are in the first place but, but however if that was the case you can't come knocking on my door now saying, oh, what do I need? I have little ones. You know, you're not preparing and you're an adult. And these adults that we've been talking to, they don't even have children. And they're, you know, not preparing. And I'm telling you, we know some a couple of them are going to be looking for us because they know we're prepared. They, they've seen at least just some of the things that we've done. And, um... You know, I I would want to say open my arms and, you know, embrace and, hey, let's work together. We can do this. But certain people, absolutely not. And, you know, I I, I have to be unapologetic about that because it's at this time, if you can't see what is happening and what's going on, I really don't know what to tell you. But don't come knocking on our door. (laughs) That's all I had to say. Peace, goddess. Thank you so much. I'm going to take the mic from you from there. You heard me mention it earlier. The Walking Dead was not science fiction. The Walking Dead was a documentary. You don't have time to politic with anyone, whether they're family, friends, significant other. If they're not on code, They are a liability. That is a 100,000 million percent guarantee. They will get you killed. They will get you compromised. Because what happened on The Walking Dead whenever good people had this this empathy for people who didn't want to get right? 
Those people that, that weren't on code, that didn't follow specific instructions pertaining to the safety and well-being of the group. What happened? They would compromise themselves and then they would compromise the group. Eliminate those people from your life while you can. I'm in a similar situation with Pasha. Now, my mother didn't die, but she may as well have because she took the jab. My whole family did. Not only have they taken one, they've taken the second dosage and have no plans to do anything about it. I could hand deliver the detox to them and they still wouldn't take it. In fact, I was told that if my wife and I wanted to visit them with our son who they never had an opportunity to see in person because every single time we tried to travel there, all we heard about was, oh, it's really bad here. And it's bad over there. I heard it's really bad. Because they pray to CNN Jesus. That's their deity. Whatever CNN tells them to do, that's what they that's what they worship. Fauci, Gupta, uh, Lemon, or uh, what's the other dude's brother, who, uh, yeah, Cuomo, whoever. They worship those people. Everything that I would be saying out of my mouth is basically I'm speaking pig Latin to them. They can't translate. They're lost in translation. So I'm saying that to say I've done everything in my power to try to equip my family with the truth. Every single time they rejected me and not only did they reject me, they tried to uh, overwhelm me with their regurgitated ignorance. So in, in reference to what she said about changing her telephone number, no, that's not harsh. That's called peace. Because I've already went through the mourning. As far as I'm concerned, the funeral has already happened theoretically. They're all ticking time bombs. But when my mother tells me that I can't enter their home if I'm not if I don't have a shot or a mask on. Well, I have to see her on the other side. And I love the shit out of my mama. I don't even want to talk about it too much. It just starts fucking with me. But it's, we have to face the reality. We are all going to have to deal with the detachment. Because it's going to affect us all. You're going to have parents, siblings, significant others. So... You're going to have to learn to compartmentalize and especially the the prepper parents in here. I feel like I've learned that the prepper parents move just a little bit differently because they have to think of something other than themselves. It's not just self-preservation. They're protecting their lineage. And so when I move and make the decisions that I make, I'm thinking about not just about my our solace for the next year. I'm thinking about my my son's autonomy for the next 100 so every decision that is made it has to be thought of on a, on a daily on a daily basis a short-term basis a mid-term basis a long-term basis the people that I surround myself the people who I give my energy to my wife and I were social distancing before we even even heard the term. Because when our son was born, we were living in Los Angeles. We were in the entertainment industry. And we were in contact with a lot of people with a lot of weird energy. 
We didn't want that around our son. We didn't want that in our house. So we made a decision. We was just like, the only people that are going to come over here are people who live by a certain code. Integrity, loyalty, honor, respect, accountability. Those are non-negotiable in my household. If you lack one of them, you can't sit at my table. I cannot trust you. Uh, me and the guy Kai, I don't know if he's still in here. We had a conversation the other day, uh, you know, on the first episode of The Walking Dead. Rick had those three questions that he would ask people. Well, we have three questions. You know what the first one is? What have you done to fight white supremacy? Second question. How many coons and coon programming have you removed from your life? The third question, why? How you answer that question is going to determine how I deal with you. Because I don't have time for liabilities. I'm assets over liabilities at this point. Now, we are doing everything in our power to make sure that we're prepared. So if I, was, I would advise everyone in this room to surround yourself with people who have that same urgency of now because if they don't have the urgency of now they just might get you compromised but you know I, I don't want to be all dark and gloomy with it I'm just, just 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 being honest but the great thing that I love about the people in this room is because the people in this room are preppers the people in this room are, are truth seekers the people in this room are committed to ensuring that their legacy has a meaning like what are they going to say about us 50 years from now you got a choice you can be like the the boule and the, the integrationists of the 60s who killed the essence of our ancestors with their indoctrination into popular culture, as I touched on earlier in the show, if you missed it, with 1954 and social engineering. Or you can be remembered like the freedom fighters, the one who lost their lives in the fight. But they did everything in their power to fight for the liberation of their people. They were on the right side of history. Now, unfortunately for them, they didn't have the tactics and the certain tactical information at their disposal that we have at our disposal. See, we're in the age of Aquarius. Nothing's in the dark at this point. Unless you choose to be in darkness. So, um, yeah, we're going to continue to have these conversations. We're going to continue to. Not just talk about the problems, but we're going to provide the solutions. Like I told you before, we are the first and the last. We built it, they destroyed it, and we will build it again. Make no mistake about it. Do I have anything, any, anyone want to say with some last words before we um, start to break it down? All right, we're going to take a quick break before everybody goes. Um, just take a quick break. Cindy, go ahead and drop that. 
We at Sovereign Creed are dedicated to the nurturing, preserving, and protecting of the Aboriginal American family. We are aligned with the customs and beliefs practiced by our indigenous American ancestors and will continue to ensure that their legacy lives on with everything that we do. From today until the day I leave this universe, not, well, excuse me, not the universe, this body. Just want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in. Um, I've really, these been some really great last couple of weeks. I've had opportunity to speak with a lot of people that, that have come into my life and they've all evolved and enriched it. And I just want to say that I really appreciate your support. Um, if you're new to the Sovereign Creek community and you're not familiar uh, with me, myself, my wife, or what we do, uh, please make sure you go and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sovereign Creed, S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N Creed. And definitely check out our website, www.sovereigncreed.shop, to purchase our line of provocative apparel. We don't just make t-shirts, we make walking billboards for the entire family. Um, I want to give a special thanks to our guests, Ralph Muhammad and Brian Henderson, for joining us today. You guys were uh, provided us with, with infinite information. And um, make sure you tap in. If, if you didn't get that contact information, please reach out to me, and I will make sure that we get that information to you. I know the guy, Brian Henderson, has sent me a lot of links I'm going to check out. I'm definitely going to share with everyone who's in this room Uh Shout out to our producer, Cindy Ashby, man, for making this possible. I mean, she's so awesome. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you go sign up for www.otwtube.com so you can join our community of melanated Aboriginal content creators where your voice can be heard and you never have to worry about censorship. Tune in for the next episode on Wednesday, September the 8th. Next week at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Central, as we discuss family tactical plans. Now, you talk about a great segue. Family tactical plans. Do you have one? Well, if you don't, you might want to tune in. We don't just discuss the problems. We offer the solutions. I'm your host, J.I. Lee Shiamaru, and this is On The Wake Up Radio. Peace, everybody. Every since a youngin', I've been running, getting to the cake. Dog, you ain't a hundred, that's a hundred. Let me demonstrate. Look it up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy Ashfing On the wake up. Hey, Yurima Karama here with a quick infomercial, and I have a question for you. Are you tired of social media outlets that block real content? I mean, are you tired of your favorite internet truth teller getting blocked or put in Fedbook jail? Tired of making a comment and the algorithm quickly deems your comment to be offensive and takes it down? I mean, are you tired of making a post and a fact check pops up, making it look like your info isn't accurate, and then it turns out that the fact check is actually the lie? Are you tired of seeing white people get by with racist commentary or post and they never get blocked, but unapologetically black truth tellers are always having their videos taken down? 
Tired of having to wait a month or seven days or 14 days for your favorite social media truth teller to get their page back up because white-owned social media outlet owners take their content down whenever they feel like it? Tired of black people getting on white-owned social media outlets and finding out that the outlet is making billions of dollars, but you don't get one red cent of that money? Well, if you're really tired, then you should do as I did and make the switch. Yeah. Come on over to otwtube.com where your content and comments are actually accepted. Also, get the Eurema Karam app where you can stay up to date on real truth that lamestream media intentionally hides from you. Come on over to sites that accept you being unapologetically black. I mean, come on over to sites that love you being free to express yourself. This is why I took my aboriginal indigenous melanated ass on over to OTWTube, because I recognize the importance of freedom of speech. I recognize that I would be doing my ancestors a tremendous disservice if I stayed a slave on social media outlets that want to dictate what I say and when I can actually say it. If you're tired like I am, then make the switch now to OTWTube.com and get the Yurima Karama app. Tap into the truth, because that's what you deserve. I am Yurima Karama, and I approve this message.